Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah. When people asked me and my husband, Matthew, about our birth plans, our answer was simple. We're doing it at home. So this is a podcast all about our home birth journey. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I am Sarah and with me is a guy who would probably do anything to make me laugh. He has gone to (laughs) great lengths to make me laugh. And uh, what did you do the other day? So I have this... uh, nightgown, I guess you could call it. It's a long shirt. It's a big shirt. And I bought it when I was pregnant because it was super comfortable. And it's this big gray cotton Mickey Mouse night shirt. With a big swoopy collar. And out comes this guy the other morning in it and just had me on the floor laughing. And I, f- I figured that I needed, if I needed to calm Maya down, she might think I was you. Right. <laughs> awesome. of, all, of all the things you chose to open this with. You're going to put me on the spot as cross-dressing. Hey, well, that's <laughs> what it is, right? That uh, is. We All have right. had a really busy week. We've had a really action-packed week, I guess I could say. In it, we had your favorite holiday, Halloween, just yeah. passed, and so we celebrated that. Bittersweet, knowing that there's 360-something days until next Halloween. Yes. But that means a lot of planning. Right, of course. Oh, yeah. And then we celebrated, kind of celebrated, our two-year wedding anniversary. Yes. Which we will continue to celebrate this weekend. And my family came into town. I had some family. My sister, my brother-in-law, my nephew came to meet Maya for the first time. So that was really cool. Yeah, and we... uh, So... We didn't expect to be doing an episode right right now. Um, This wasn't on the schedule. But here we are. But but and yeah. I think you have our topic for today, right? So now I'll, yes. I'll pass it off to you and you can can get us rolling. Cool. So the reason why this this topic wasn't on the schedule and we're just recording it off the cuff right now is because we're going to actually reply to a listener email. Um, we received this amazing email, I think like two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she goes into her, her birth story and it's it's real, you know, it's real and it's honest. Um, but at the end of it, she asks you these questions. And so um, I'll set up a little bit of context. And then what I'm going to do is read the entire email okay. um, because it's a it's a great story. And I think it'll be relatable to a lot of families out there, um, a lot of women. And at the end, you know, read through the entire thing, the entire email. Um, and then we'll go back and you can answer her questions. Um, because, again, I think I think a lot of people will have these same questions that she had. And um, her name is Leonie. And Leonie is from Melbourne, Australia. And um, 
Leonie had what she was her her intention was to do a um, what's the word uh, minimal amount of intervention with okay. her birth, and she was uh, giving birth at a, in a birth center in Australia. Um, and things didn't really go the way that she wanted, the way that she intended. And, you know, her baby ended up being healthy and, and she's healthy. But for her next child, you know, when her and her husband plan to have baby number two, they're considering home birth. And so, you know, that that's why she reached out. She wanted to hear some specific things. So <clears throat> let's do it. Yeah. So without further ado, um, I've got it pulled up on my phone right here. And let's jump into this email again from Leone. And I, by the way, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. We we went online and tried to find pronunciation of of the name. So I think I think we got it. Leone, apologies if I'm mispronouncing your name. So her email reads: I'm in Melbourne, Australia. I've had one birth. My son was born last December, nearly 12 months ago, in the birth center at our local public hospital. It's a midwife-led program with one-to-one care throughout the pregnancy. It was a fantastic program. We had a pair of midwives who were just ace. I dig it. There's some really cool slang in here. Yes. I love, <laughs> I love Australian uh, speak. The midwives were ace. I loved having midwives who, were, who we knew, formed a relationship with, trusted, and who were aiming for minimal interventions in labor and delivery. We, my husband and I, had great plans for a minimal intervention birth, and I had done a lot of research and preparation. It went really well. With natural onset of labor, in in, uh, parentheses, as for you, Sarah, on my sixth day over 40 weeks, so my son was born the following day at 41 weeks. Just goes to confirm the guest date is nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Um, And a long labor, 30 hours from first contractions to delivery. For most of it, we were at home, finishing up eight or so hours overnight in the center with our midwife and student midwife and no one else in the whole unit. Smiley face. That sounds pretty awesome. We started in the bath at the birth center. Then, as I had been pushing since 6 a.m., at 8 a.m., it was suggested I hop out to change things up. So she was pushing for two hours. Oof. Yeah. So far, it was suspected our baby had a slight malposition in the birth canal, just not quite straight. In the end, I wasn't able to push him out myself independently within the hospital's required time frame. So then an obstetrician was involved. Suddenly, things escalated, not in a good way. A manual rotation was attempted, then suction, then forceps. He was delivered posterior as well as wonky, so this was the cause of the trouble, but not detected during assessments. The delivery with forceps was horrendous. Wow. Jude was born healthy, and I was well. But I suffered a lot of postpartum trauma from the interventions used, and also because I didn't feel any oxytocin love rush when Jude was born. I'm sure the stressful situation had caused huge adrenaline rushes to minimize the oxytocin. I had a lot of negative things going around in my head for months afterward. The main issues being, one, I had no connection with him. Two, I felt I hadn't delivered him myself, that he was wrenched from me, thus left me shattered in a way I never expected. Three, the physical pain left me traumatized. And four, I was so worried about subsequent deliveries. It had always been a hope of mine to go home birth next baby. Having this issue made, a, made this a real concern. We have great independent midwives in Melbs, short for Melbourne, but still a worry if I was to encounter the same issue. In, quote, in parentheses, so unlikely. 
Then again, would it be fine because at home, under no time constraints, we would have slowly, gently, calmly worked towards delivery and he would have rotated slowly? Who knows? I did counseling afterwards with my midwives and midwife counselors, but there is always a niggling worry. The reason I'm writing to you at length, my apologies, is to say this. After listening to your birth story and anticipating it as I listened to your pregnancy stories and journey, I wondered, Sarah, how did you feel? Matthew talks a lot about his views, which is super, but Sarah, how did you feel after Maya was born? Did you feel an instant connection? Can you go into this a bit for us? And how do you feel now, weeks down the track, looking back? How do you, uh, do you look back with any regrets and trauma and worries? How do you feel overall about the home birth concept? How did it fit into your dream and vision? Is there anything you would change? Is there anything you would recommend? I'd really like to see the impact of home birth on you personally as the Wonder Woman who delivered your baby. Congratulations and thanks again for your stories, Leone. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, wow. Awesome email. Awesome email. Very, very inspired by her story, her transparency, her willingness to share. Yeah. And, you know, talk about some really real raw things from a from a time when you're really vulnerable and stuff is so new and different. And, you know, to go through, you know, she mentions trauma. There's a lot of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual things that play there. And mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm really grateful for her to open up that conversation and to create a dialogue with us, but not just us, with our listeners as well, because if she's experiencing it, Chances are there are millions of other women experiencing it as well. And and there was uh, there's a, one of the questions in here about the instant connection that we talked about. I think right after Maya was born, and probably leading up to that as well. So that that's going to be cool to get into. Um, so let's just go down the list of all these questions, Great. and uh, you can you can sort of just um, off the top of your head just sort of reply. You know. Awesome. So the first the very first question was. Sarah, how did you feel after Maya was born? Well, there was a lot of different things going on. Uh, Immediately after she was born, I can speak to physically. Physically, how I was feeling was just this enormous relief, you know, like just like this release. You know, I had birthed her and she was out, but then also completely out of it. Uh, you know, if you listen to our birth story, you know that I lost a lot of blood in the initial minutes after her birth, probably Mm -hmm. some placental detachment or something. So it was just very lightheaded, you know, like I had done the most intense workout of my life or I just run a marathon. So that's how I was feeling physically and just very, very out of it. But emotionally, 
I think I mentioned this as well in the, in the birth story, but she came out, I looked at her and they, you know, they go to hand her to me and put her on my chest immediately as I'm still sitting on the birth stool with you behind me. And I just felt stunned. Like I had been hit with like a freeze ray. Uh, you know, I looked at her and they're about to give her to me and they actually went to give her to me for a first time and I didn't really grab for her. And then they like plopped her up to me because mm. I just, I couldn't move. I didn't know here was this, this human, this thing, <laughs> this person that we've been talking about for so long. And, you know, I had, I had felt connected with her while I was pregnant, but now out in this new phase, in this new state, I had no idea what to do. Now, was it an emotional shock or a physical shock or a little bit of both? Like, probably, probably a little bit of both. I think I felt it more mm-hmm. emotionally looking at it now. Uh, I just didn't know what to, what to, like, I processed mentally that she was mine, you know, that she was my child, but I wasn't, it didn't, something didn't click initially, you know, instantaneously. I knew I needed to hold her, like some instinctual things kicked in. You know, like I knew I needed to comfort her. I knew I needed to make sure she was okay. You know, the midwives were checking her. We cover with a towel, but it wasn't this moment of like, I've met the love of my life, like instant initial connection. I I didn't really experience that. Well, that, yeah, that's Leonie's next question. Did you feel an instant connection? Not in, not instant. I would not call it instant. It was more, I think, um, I just kicked into kind of a mechanical state of like knowing what I needed to do to just make sure she was okay. I was okay. And then, you know, they had to shuffle me to the bed and, and check on me and hit me with yeah. the toast and to stop the bleeding. So it was more so just like making sure survival was, was happening. Uh, but that connection, I did eventually experience it. I think it took a couple of days, a couple of days of, of nursing and like, you know, my milk coming in and then, tending to her more. Cause that first day and a half, I was still really, you know, I was, I was convalescing. I, I hadn't left the bed. I was yeah. still bleeding a lot. And, uh, I wasn't taking care of her all that much except to nurse her for someone to bring her to me. So you were doing a lot of the, you know, the diaper changing and to, you know, the way I look at it, more of the connecting in the beginning. So it took a couple of days and I, I knew I loved her, but that experiential level of love that, that took a couple of days. So, okay, before, before we actually gave, before you gave birth, what had, what did you have in your mind as what that connection was going to look and feel like? Like, what was the most romantic version? Like almost, what were you expecting? Yeah, I guess the most romantic version I could imagine, you know, you, you hear about other women's experiences. And so you kind of make a collection of those in your mind, like little splices and you make this amalgamy of, of what it could be like. And what was yours? I think it was, you know. She comes out and just immediately, like, I, I almost pick her, like, I imagined picking her up as she came out of me and uh, placing, like, grabbing her myself, basically, uh, can, talking to her instantly, you know, like, Maya, and, you know, we, we've been waiting for you, just having more conversation with her. If um, I remember watching our home birth videos, the midwives are actually telling me, talk to her, talk to her, because I... I just wasn't saying anything. I wasn't, like I said, that mm. stunned thing. Um, and this is when they were, you know, trying to get her a little bit more alert because she didn't, she didn't make any sounds when she came out or anything like that. Yeah, she was so just... when they were patting her and suctioning her, they were like, talk to her, you know, like tell her what's going on. And, and, and I was okay. I had to be prompted to, yeah. you know, talk with her. So I, so I think it would look like, you know, going back to the, the romantic. Uh, yeah. Paint the picture as best you can. Like. 
So I, I would have pulled her out, put her up to my chest, like, and just, you know, the, like you hear the harp music and like, there's, there's, um, like little stars and angel dust around and it's, we're just like in this little bubble of, yeah, I don't, I don't even really know. Like That's, when she looks at you and you look at her and your eyes lock and, yeah, like and it's your that, heart melts. Oh, the love of my life. Like yeah. that, that, I just met the love of my life. You know, that, that instant, like, whoa. Did you have, or have you felt any, any judgment, self-judgment because you didn't feel that instantly? Not really. I don't, I don't think so. Just because that, that's our, that's our story. That's, that's how it, that's how it went and that's how I experienced it. So I was, I'm okay with that. Uh, there's so many other ways and places that you can put judgment on yourself in early Mm. motherhood and in birth that that was not one I was going to spend much time on. (laughs) Mm. Um, I'm looking at Leonie's question. So she asked, can you go into this time a bit for us? So you, you kind of have, um, so how do you feel now weeks down the track looking back? Do you look back with any regrets and trauma and worries? So let's start with the first one. Do you have any regrets about, about, um, the birthing time and what happened in the minutes and maybe like the immediate post birthing time? I wouldn't label them as regrets. There are maybe some things now. Again, I get most of my recollection of the experience from watching the videos Mm -hmm. because it was just a lot of it is blurry. So when I watch the videos, I see that as I was, you know, bearing down and pushing on the birthing stool with you behind me, there were like five people with their camera phones all up in my business. Yeah. And, you know, we, I asked, you know, we asked one or two people to specifically video. And then, you know, I, I kind of assumed or figured that other people would want their own documentation, like your mom and, and a few other people were just, just there. <clears throat> but watching it now, I think I would ask for, if you are going to video, like some space, like some physical space, because our room is very small. Yeah. And there were definitely moments where there are just so many people in the, in the immediate circumference of where I was pushing and birthing. So I think that's just, you know, could have cleared out a little bit of, you know, space when I, when I watch that and I think about that, I'm like, mm, yeah, maybe next time we'll, we'll down that we'll, we'll decrease that. Would you want less people in the room? So just, uh, for, if you get, well, we had how many people in the room? We had the three midwives. We had my mom, day, Shonda, Nancy, including you and me. There were like nine people. Bill was in the hallway. Right, so, so we had nine to 10 people in a 15 by 15 Very bedroom, maybe not, not even 12 by 12 bedroom. So it was cramped. Would you, would you, you know, for our next child, you know, if we decide to have another baby uh, and we choose to do it at home again, would you uh, have less people in the room? During... In the room at the time of birth, probably. So does that they mean could be there in pushing the house? time or does that mean as she's crowning, like crowning everybody out? Later pushing and crowning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. So, I, that, you know, that's not really a regret. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think it created any sort of maladaptive circumstance or I don't think it, you know, it didn't pull away or it wasn't an en- energy drain. It's just looking at it, you know, like if you're watching real of a, of a football game, like mm, that could have been done a little bit differently. Yeah. So that's how I feel about that. And let's see any regrets or anything I would change about the circumstance. Not really. I think 
even that, that's kind of nitpicking the people, but it, it really went according to how I envisioned it from the time, something I had been saying since day one, I plan on laboring for about 12 hours, which just I don't even know where I got that, that idea or that number, but that's just what I aimed for. And that is almost exactly how long it was from we about, the first contractions to, yeah, we were like 11 hours and 47 minutes. Yeah. So, <laughs> Something like that it was very close. So that was awesome. But I think she asked about like frustrations too. And you know how I feel now. I have definitely had some frustrations and um, things to work through around my healing process, mm. healing my, my yoni or vagina, whatever you want to refer to it as. I like yoni. I tore when she was born. She came out with her elbow kind of up by her face. And so that, that could have been what, what created that or just just Having the trials of baby. labor yeah, in general. So that, uh, so, and there's different degrees for a tear. Yes. I think it, it goes up to five and you had a two, two. Right. And, um, just recently, you know, we went to the midwives and I got checked up and got an exam and where they sutured me a little bit of extra skin has come out and, and grown actually so that we're going to get that removed, mm-hmm. um, in the next upcoming weeks. And I am, I'm anticipating once that's handled, I'll feel a lot better and I'll feel even more, you know, normal, but I haven't felt completely normal as it relates to that area since birth. And that's been frustrating and it, you know, it's compounded by seeing other women who are back running or working out or doing whatever. And it's like, dang, aren't they still sore? (laughs) Aren't they still, are they still bleeding? You know, I'm not bleeding anymore, but I, you know, I was for a while and that that's just been an interesting process because I think I wanted to be angry about it and, and have a stance of, I pushed a baby out. Can't, can it just feel fine? Can I just feel fine now? Yeah. You know, there's a few points in postpartum life that I've thought postpartum is harder (laughs) than pregnancy. What parts? The mobility. So in the in the first couple of days, I don't think I made it farther than the bathroom. Yeah, the first two days you were just bed to bathroom, and that's mm-hmm. ten feet. And then making it to the kitchen, I think on like the fourth day was a big deal. Yeah. Stepped outside into the driveway the next day, that was a huge deal. Yeah. Um, just feeling wrecked was was frustrating. Just because I, I wanted to be active, I wanted to be taking care of her. I wanted to be, and maybe that's why I didn't feel that connection in the first couple of days because I. Because of how I was feeling physically Focus too. On the physical, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's been part of just my process looking back on it. And you know, would I feel any different physically, or would my healing have been any different if we didn't do a home birth? I have no idea. But this is just how it's it's gone in 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 this route and what we chose. So I'm working on that acceptance. So. Now, knowing that, you know, you tore and you're going to be healed soon, um, but you and I do want more kids. Yes. How do you feel about that? Do you have any apprehensions and have any fears about, you know, you, you like having your yoni tear and then healed and then scar tissue and then vaginally birthing another baby? How do you feel about all that? If you had asked me a couple of weeks ago, you know, right after birth, I would have been a lot more scared. Um, scared of tearing again and potentially tearing worse. Uh, you know, that's, that's a possibility. That's always a possibility. But, um, and I even thought in the first day or two and that, in that heat of being like really sore, really frustrated, 
I thought, okay, I'm done. We don't need another one. <laughs> that was fine. One well, once was enough. You know, no I more did kids. it. I even did home birth. Yay, awesome. That's that's it. But I don't feel like that anymore. Uh, but yeah, still just a little bit nervous about potentially tearing again. But I know it doesn't have to happen. I've talked to yeah. women. For, you know, their first-hand accounts of they tore in their first birth and not in their second. Was that, was that Nancy? No, that was Latricia. Latricia. Mm-hmm. Now, talking again about the tearing, you didn't, you didn't feel it when you tore. No, I wouldn't have even known if they didn't yeah. tell me. I would have I would have had no clue because well, everything else that was going on down there, I, I can imagine just a little bit of skin tearing is like, yeah. what? Yeah, so I mean, for, <laughs> for, for you soon-to-be moms who are like, shit, I tearing sounds terrible i mean i remember you didn't even really know no i didn't i didn't know and you know um it was awesome to be able to be sutured in my own bed yeah you know they just shot me with lidocaine right there that wasn't the most pleasant experience ever but honestly it was fine it was cool and you know not to not to freak anyone out and it, it can happen to anyone and uh it's just been my how i've related to the healing process since then and some women tear and get sutured up and they've probably they've been more healed before i'm at where i'm at right now if that makes and any sense like they've been they've been healed sooner yeah yeah they've been further along in their healing yeah, everyone's so different we are at we're seven and like a half weeks yeah almost eight weeks yeah it'll be eight weeks in a few days so that gives that gives you you know listener an idea um if you haven't had a baby and you're, you're wondering what the potential healing process looks like I mean, we're almost eight weeks in, and you know your vagina is almost there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had our she's coming along. Yeah, she's <laughs> coming along, you know, awesomely. <laughs> and uh, and you know, here's another thing. We'll just insert this real quick because you and I have still created intimate physical moments sure. without without having sex, right? Without any sort of penetration, but you've had orgasms. Yes, I have. and so there's you know, and so like you're still healing. Probably won't. I don't know. I mean, they did a vaginal exam, so who knows? Maybe we could go make love. Yeah, I was a yeah. little sore after that exam. <laughs> <laughs> but <clears throat> again, for the person who hasn't who hasn't had a baby yet yeah. and is hearing about tearing and healing in eight weeks, and oh my god, this that sounds freaking crazy. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds terrible. I mean, you didn't know you tore. Right. They sutured you up. Mm-hmm. You've been dealing with you know the the healing process, a little bit of some bleeding, and then some after discharge, but. You know, we've been able to be physically intimate. Yes. You've had orgasms. You've experienced those. And so, like, thing, life still goes on and things can still happen. And, and, and you can still be intimate with your partner through the healing process. And so, I um, got a little bit derailed there, but I just wanted to put that in. I think it's relevant. Yeah. So, let's get back to Leonie's questions. Um, she asked you about the regrets, but then she also asked about trauma. Have you experienced any physical, emotional, mental, spiritual traumas that or anything that you would I mean trauma is a big word, it's a yes. strong word, but uh anything that you think would come close to that now looking back 7 and a half weeks later in the birth experience no, I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as that, but maybe maybe moments that would come close to that or you know that that other people could relate to in that moment, you know, after she was born and I could tell there was a very calm but very deliberate 
you know, we need to get Sarah to the bed because she's bleeding a lot. There was this thing in, like, you know, I was kind of moving in and out of two worlds. You know, I just birthed this baby and now, you know, am I okay? Is everything all right with me? Um, is she okay? So there was just that, that could have heightened and gone somewhere scary and disempowering if I didn't have really awesome people around me to, to, to keep the space calm. And, you know, you, you were really great. Um, just being there for me and being this kind of, um, energetic block to what was going on. You know, like you said, once they shuffled me to the bed and were taking care of me and the bleeding and, and, and shooting me with Pitocin, like you created this like block between me and everyone else so that I was just, we were just focused in on each other. Uh, but that, you know, that was a little, a little different, a little, a little scary. In the moment or looking back? Like Both. Do you, so in the moment you were like, huh, something doesn't seem a hundred percent normal. Mm-hmm. I guess where my mind went for a second was, okay, I birthed her and everything was fine. And now I might have to get transported to the hospital. Cause I had no concept uh, of like what this bleeding was or if they were going to be able to stop it. Like. I didn't, I wasn't processing what that really meant or yeah. how severe or not severe it could be. So I just, I just had these fears of like getting transferred to a hospital after it. Yeah. That suck. Yeah. And, and the bleeding that you experienced from what um, Debbie, our midwife shared with us, it was very dark blood. Right. And so what it looked like was the placenta had detached from the wall a little mm -hmm. bit and some of that blood had come through Yeah, and it didn't. It didn't sound like, and, and we, had, we were given no indication that the bleeding was from the tearing. Correct. So it, it was like, would you call it placental blood? I guess so. I don't but, really know. Maybe yeah. we should fact check that. Yeah. We are definitely not doctors. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We are, we, are not, we are not purporting to be experts <laughs> on any of this terminology. We might even be making stuff up. So. Yeah, so if you haven't listened to episode one where we go into the whole disclaimer that we are not doctors. Happy to reiterate it yeah. here. We'll say we'll say it again now, but um, that's what the bleeding was from. And so, um, yeah, you know, I'll give some some details because I remember that vividly. Uh, we're on the birthing stool. Maya comes out. Um, you stand up, and when you stood up, that's when the dark blood just sort of like hit the floor. Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and so they moved you onto the bed, and that's when you know you laid on the bed. Maya was on your chest. And they got to work on you. And this is after Debbie said, everybody needs to clear out the room. And I leaned over you so that you were only seeing me and you weren't seeing what they were doing back there behind you or, or you know, doing down with the sutures. So knowing that that happened, has that created any apprehension, any fears in you going into another home birth with a child number two? No, no, because it was it was just handled so well and the team was so powerful I trusted you. I trusted Debbie. You know, even though I, you know, I just said it was a little scary, but mm -hmm. it, it didn't deter me at all from, because, you know, they explained to me that what, what transpired in her actual birth and her coming out. And then the next moments thereafter, if it were in a hospital, they said that she would have been taken from me. She, you know, I wouldn't have seen her probably for the next, uh, ugh, I can't even go into it. <laughs> I it mean, would have been handled very differently. It would have been handled super differently. It would have been handled as a trauma. Yes, yes. As a medical trauma. Yes, and so that, if that had happened, then I would probably be relating to it as such and would probably have fears about even having another kid, let alone where. Man, so that that makes me think I'm going to go back to your email, Leonie, where you say, you said, then again, would it be fine because at home, under no time constraints, we would have slowly, gently, calmly worked towards delivery 
who knows? Yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah, and I mean, that was one of the big reasons why we chose home birth because of how certain things can be treated in a hospital and just sort of the prepare for the worst, expect the worst type of of mentality that we experienced. I'm not saying every hospital or every doctor is like that, but like that's sort of what we experienced. And in our understanding, when you fixate and focus on those things, that's what you're going to create. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And so stepping into an environment where you're fearful of all the things that could happen, those things are bound to happen. And so, um, that's awesome that you're in a place where you'll do it again the same way because you, you understand like you had the team, you had the people, you had the support, you had insane amount of faith, you know, that trust and the surrender. Yes. Hmm. So looking at these questions, so you don't have any, do you have any worries for a future? Yeah. So, you know, do you look back with regrets and trauma and worries? No. No. Hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> How do you feel overall about the home birth concept? It's amazing and magical. And I believe it can be for every woman, although I understand it is not for every woman. And so I totally respect that and wouldn't push it on anyone. I wouldn't force it upon anyone or you know, get on a soapbox about it. I just think that we as women are such powerful creatures to be able to do what we do, you know, what our bodies are so innately designed in a beautiful way to do that it behooves us to learn as much as possible about that experience, about birth, to make the choice that aligns best with you. And I think that some women aren't supported to start to seek out all the options and what could work best for them. I don't think we have a society right now that empowers the woman to make choices for her body, you know, across the board and birth being one of them. We kind of take the responsibility out of the woman's hands. Like she doesn't know what she's doing or, you know, she can't handle it. I think if we put more power back into the woman, like put the, the brilliance in birth, as you once once said, you said something about that, mm. like make birth brilliant again. I don't know. I just, I love that phrase and mm. it just, it really resonates with me. So I, how I feel about home birth, I think if more women had all of the tools and all of the support and all of the information, I think a lot more women would choose home birth. Why? 
because then they'd see that they'd have an empowered view of it. They'd believe that they can do it. They wouldn't, um, believe that they need drugs. If you choose them, that's totally fine. But I think the belief that you need them, you, you need the interventions, what you just said, it kind of sets you up for, well, then you will have them if that's what you're fixating on. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so let me ask you this. You said, and I think you, you, you said something like we need to give the power back to women to make those decisions. So you're a balanced lifestyle coach. And one of the things that you coach people, mainly women on is owning their power, really stepping into their power, claiming their power and, you know, taking the responsibility for everything that they're creating and experiencing. So how would you recommend a woman out there who's interested in home birth wants to feel empowered? How do you recommend they go about doing that? Because what you said earlier was like, we need to give them the power, but I also, I understand it. Like they can claim the power, oh, sure. they can you receive know, and, it and be open to it yeah. and cultivate it yourself. Yeah. If it's, if it's not coming internally first, then everyone could give you everything you need on a silver platter and you're not going to know what to do with it if it's not coming from within. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I'm, I'm That's curious. a great question. So what she, what this woman, women do, well, I think uh, obviously starts from within. So getting clear on what it is that you, what you want and what aligns best with you. You know, I think you, I think we all have this really awesome, brilliant intuition that we have a tendency to push aside or push away or dull down for whatever reason. We, we don't trust it. We it's, it's come up before and we've made decisions that maybe didn't make people so happy. Mm. Uh, so I think getting back to that inner intuition, especially for a woman who is creating and planning to birth a child, I feel like that's even, I feel like everything when you're pregnant is heightened Yeah. in terms of you're, I think you're just a freaking super, a superhero when you're, when you're pregnant. Um, okay. So cultivating that from within being very clear on what it is you like, think about your birth, like what you just said in my most romantic idea of what the birth would look like. Think about that. And I, um, when you have that, that vision, I think you can then kind of see what birthing option is going to work best for you. Like maybe it's at home, maybe it's at a birthing center, maybe it's in a hospital, but one that's really open to holistic methods, or maybe you're more high risk and you want all of the kind of things in a hospital set up to support you if something should go a certain way. I think you'll have an idea if you're very clear on how you see your birth going down. So I think that would be like the first thing to do. And then next, if, you know, if you have a partner and you're going to be raising this child someone with someone getting aligned with them, yeah. especially whoever's going to be supporting you in the birth, you and that person you need to be aligned. Yeah. yeah. I think if one person is all gung ho about the home birth and the other isn't that, that can create some tension and that can create a less than powerful experience for everyone involved. So I think first getting clear with yourself and getting clear with your immediate partner, birthing person, whoever that is, you know, other parent, And then from there, I think it's great and, and magnifies that personal power even more to have a greater community around you to support you. I think that's, that's extra awesome. Everyone may not go that far or 
have access to that or, or create that and that's fine but bare minimum I would say is getting clear with yourself and then the person that's going to support you the most through the pregnancy and the birth mm. I think it's awesome you know because I know there's there's someone listening right now who wants to feel more empowered about birth in general and maybe home birth is what they choose but they just want to feel more empowered about birth and so what, what I like what you said was envision your birth just sit down, piece of paper, computer, whatever it is, and and map it out. And then from there, you can see what birthing options are going to work for you. That was what we did. And when yeah. I was pretty clear on what I wanted to be experiencing and how I wanted to feel physically, what surroundings I wanted, some of those could happen in a hospital as I was learning from having conversations with our OBGYN at the time. Some of them could, but then some of them may not. Yeah, And then even if that was the doctor I had that day, maybe some of those things were honored and maybe some of them weren't. So I just wasn't cool with maybes. And yeah. that, you know, when I looked at home birth, they were all yeses. They were all checks in the box. All right. So I'm looking at Leonie's questions and I think we went through just about all of them. Um I have a question for you now. So hearing her story, um, how her first birth went, um, the things that she experienced, and knowing that she's considering home birth for number two, do you have any advice for Leonie specifically? Yes, I do. And, you know, we've continued our email correspondence, and I hope to talk with her more, and I'd love to even get her on the show if you're interested to just talk more about your your journey but I would recommend getting very clear on that birth vision like we were just talking about. So really putting yourself, like what you're hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, you know, all senses, what the next birth looks like. And then from there, a huge piece of advice is to be in full alignment with whoever it is you're working with, the midwife, the doctor, whatever on that plan and develop a relationship with them as much as you can. We were super blessed to have an hour each visit with our midwives. Yeah. And by the end there, we were just talking, we were just in relationship. There was nothing else to check or, or, you know, talk about as far as the birth, we were just getting into relationship with them. And by the time the birth came, I trusted them fully you know, we've seen them since then for follow-ups and I think we had our last follow-up this past week and yeah. I, I want to see them more. Like that's, that's <laughs> the relationship that's been created. So they're, they're like family almost. Absolutely. I mean. So I, I highly recommend cultivating that with whoever it is you're going to be mm -hmm. working with. And let's see what else. How about to impact like her feelings or maybe some of the fears Oh, you know? I know I know what it is. I was I was thinking about using every conversation about the birth, whether you choose to share with everyone that you're doing a home birth, using all of those um conversations as as practice for affirmation of why you're why you're choosing it. Mm. So to explain that a little bit further, when I got resistance from people that I shared with that we were doing a home birth. I could get mad at them, right? I could get frustrated with them. But I used it instead as an opportunity, like, I'm making this decision. 
And if I'm going to let this person's objection to that decision make me feel some type of way, then maybe I'm not so solid in my decision. Mm. You know, so I, I use those as opportunities to, at, at best, inform someone and at worst, affirm myself in the process. And I was really grateful for all the conversations, whether it was people who were super stoked about it and totally supported us to those who were like, you are fucking crazy. Yeah. I just found those to be awesome opportunities to practice, like, like, like repping a muscle, you know, like just strengthening that. Hmm. That's what I would recommend using, using all your interactions to boost your decision to really refuel you and empower you. Hmm. Anything else for Leone? Not right now, but we will stay tuned for that. We're, we're going to keep chatting. And I think, Leone, I think you're awesome. So I'm, um, I'm inspired by you. This is super cool. Um, this episode is, was different. I, I like the impromptu nature of it. And, you know, Leone, I'm super excited for, for you and Sarah to continue your dialogue um, and for you to hear the, you know, hear this conversation and to receive your feedback and thoughts. And uh, for you, for you listeners, like I'm, I'm super excited to hear what you think as well. Um, if you have a birth story that you want to share with us, send it send it send it we love hearing them uh we'd be happy to read you know your home birth story here on the air um or have you join us and you know we'll get you on the podcast we'll call you up and um you can share your home birth story and what's super cool about doing that if you were to hop on the podcast with us is you're going to have this beautiful record of your home birth you know you might you might have it in picture or in video um but who knows? Do you have it in podcast form yet? Exactly. <laughs> so we would love to hear from you. Um, we also want to hear from you if you've got, I don't know, questions, feedback. Um, if you have questions for Sarah about her experience, um, dads, if you've got questions about my experience, shoot them, shoot them at us. And, yeah. Yeah. And so the email address is hello at diahpodcast.com. That's hello at D-I-A-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And we love to hear from you and can't wait. Hello. Hello. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it me you're searching no, for? No, not that one. The, Which one? The Adele one. No Adele. Okay. <laughs> Never Adele. Never Adele. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else? Uh, this was awesome. Thank you so much. I look forward <clears throat> to tons more emails like this. Uh, you know, getting other people's perspectives and, and sharing other people's stories. You know, I'm sure part of Leone's story or my story resonated with people because they're experiencing it too. So I think if we open up the dialogue, it creates the space for more women to feel that empowerment we've been talking about to make their decisions and, yes. and, and make them um, with confidence and to have the conversations that are sometimes not so fun or, you know, aren't all rainbows and sunshine as it relates to birth like yeah it's messy like you bleed you tear you leak like all the shit happens to you like talk about it let's open a dialogue about it's it it's all natural yeah. it's all normal yep yep so i'm just i'm really thrilled where this is going and that's it that's all for us today um in this episode thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you later peace Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, 
why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% data-approved, Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.